Hello and welcome to the More Than Milk podcast episode three. I hope that the sound is improving every single time that I do this. Um, I'm learning new things, so I really appreciate everyone's patience with me. My name is Heidi Kim and I'm your host, at least for now, of the More Than Milk podcast, um, which is all about breastfeeding. I am a former birth... birth I am a former birth doula, I'm a YouTuber, and a breastfeeding mom, and in this episode, I wanted to talk about an issue that I find near and dear to my heart because it's something that we have dealt with and that has caused a lot of strife, and that also seems to be very common and almost like it is coming up more and more often. So, I wanted to read you a comment from our Patreon page. For those of you who don't know, you can support the podcast over at patreon.com slash more than milk. I really appreciate every single one of you that has done that. You help make the content possible, and you help um, support my family. So, I really, really appreciate those of you that do uh, support the podcast. If you do at least $1, I will happily do a monthly Google Hangout with you. But I understand that not everyone can support us financially, and that's okay, too. You can go over to patreon.com and leave a comment. And if you do leave a comment on the Patreon page, regardless of whether you are a patron or not, I will try to read it on the air. Uh, So I wanted to thank Laura for her comment today, and it inspired the topic of today's episode. This is what Laura said. I have had so many breastfeeding challenges. My daughter had an undiagnosed tongue tie, which started it all. My journey has been a bumpy year of exclusive pumping since she could not transfer effectively, even after getting it clipped. I worked with an IBCLC for 10 weeks trying to get her to latch better, and it just got worse instead. I've had a ton of challenges with flange sizing due to high elasticity and small nipple size. Seriously, I don't fit any flange properly. It takes me 40 to 70 minutes to pump every three to four hours, and I still don't empty in that time. Thus, I have a lowish supply. I've had chronic clogs for a while and have severe trauma that never heals due to long pumping sessions and ill-fitting flanges. Ugh, I wish that I knew a pumping expert who could sit down with me and help, but I have yet to find that. Anyways, next time around, I want to do things completely different, and hopefully, with more knowledge, I will be able to avoid all of this drama. Thank you so much, Laura, for your comment. The first thing I want to say is that exclusive pumping moms are my hero. Pumping in and of itself is a challenge, but when you have to pump or your baby won't get food, that presents a whole extra challenge. And every time I meet someone who's pumping exclusively, I am just amazed with you. My pumping experience is a little bit different. I pumped for my older daughter when I went back to work and I am pumping now. Most of what I pump ends up being donated. I do want to do an episode devoted to pumping and I might have a couple of different ones depending on your pumping situation. You guys let me know what you think of that. But in today's episode, I wanted to address the tongue tie because it seems like this is a really common theme that comes up. My youngest daughter had a very severe tongue tie We've had all kinds of issues related to the tongue tie, and I actually think in hindsight that my older daughter had an undiagnosed tongue tie as well. 
So for those of you who are listening who don't know what tongue tie is, I will explain it right now. Every single one of us has a flap of skin that connects our tongue, the bottom part of our tongue, to the bottom part of our mouth. And some of us, that piece of skin, which is called your frenulum, is quite thick and can inhibit tongue movement. And if it's inhibiting the tongue's ability to do the things that it needs to do, such as transfer milk in this case, um, that is what we would say is tied. Usually it'll feel quite thick. Sometimes you can see tongue ties, sometimes you can't. They have different classifications. Um, sometimes they're called anterior, meaning to the front of the tongue, or posterior, meaning further back in the tongue. Um, and if they are pretty anterior, which my daughter Irene's was, I will try to remember to post a picture of it to the Patreon and possibly the Facebook group, which we'll talk about at the end of this. Um, their tongue can kind of look like a bowl shape and have a little bit of a heart shape to it. But even if you can't see it, that doesn't mean that it's not severe. It's more about what you can feel and baby's ability to move their tongue properly. So... Tongue tie can affect all kinds of things in your life. It can cause problems with um, speech, which I think actually my older daughter has, and we're going to get her evaluated here pretty soon. Um, it can cause dental issues, especially if you have a lip tie, which is even uh, more problematic for dental issues, and often the two go hand in hand. Sleep apnea, TMJ, um, difficulty eating solid food. Some babies not only can't nurse with tongue tie, but have a difficult time even taking a bottle. Um, tongue tie can also cause issues uh, with snoring later on in life. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that can be associated with tongue tie. So this you know, is obviously something that you want to look into. For the purposes of this episode, we're going to talk about how it affects nursing. So in order for a baby to latch and effectively remove milk, what they have to be able to do is elevate their tongue, meaning bringing it up to the top of their mouth, the roof of their mouth, and then undulate it backwards. So if you lift your tongue right now to the roof of your mouth um, on your palate behind your teeth, you will feel what's called your hard palate. If you move your tongue back, if you can, you will feel it transition to kind of a softer area, and that area is called your soft palate. When a baby nurses, if they're nursing effectively to remove milk, you want the nipple to hit where that soft palate is. So a lot of times um, you'll have issues because people aren't latching their baby deep enough, um, but if you have a really deep latch, sometimes babies can't get to that soft palate in order to properly remove the milk. And when that happens, um, a couple of things happen. First off, they might not be transferring very much milk and have difficulty getting enough to eat. And the other thing that happens is mom's nipple is being hit up against that hard palate and it can cause all kinds of pain and damage. So what are some symptoms of a tongue tie? Well, we talked about how you can't necessarily always see a tongue tie. Sometimes you can. Um, symptoms that might clue you in that you have a tongue tie is if you hear a clicking sound while baby is nursing. 
that clicking sound is the sound of your nipple getting flicked against the hard palate. Um, other symptoms might be a baby that has poor weight gain, has poor um, diaper output. Generally, when they're a newborn, you want them to have the same number of dirty diapers and wet diapers, meaning poopy diapers and wet diapers, as they are days old. So one wet diaper, one poopy diaper at day one, two at day two, three at day three, four at day four, and so on. And then as you get into about a week or so, that starts to kind of be a little bit less. So if your baby is not getting an adequate amount of poopy diapers in the early days, that's a good sign that they're not transferring milk well. Another sign that they're not transferring milk well is if they have poor weight gain. Um, generally, the rule is if they lose more than 10% of their body weight. Now, it is important to note that there are some studies that are saying you should use their second weight, their 24-hour weight, not necessarily their first weight, if you've had a lot of IV fluids during labor because IV fluids can artificially inflate their weight. It can also cause problems with engorgement, but that's a whole other episode. Um, but if they're losing a good amount of weight or if they're concerned about the weight loss, that's a good sign that they're not transferring very well. Um, also, a child that is nursing literally constantly. Now, when you have a newborn, it feels like they're nursing constantly because a lot of times they'll nurse for a very long period of time and they nurse often. They tend to nurse about every, um, about 12, 8 to 12 times a day. I don't want to say every X number of hours because people get very hung up on the numbers, X number of minutes for X number of hours. But if your child is literally not stopping nursing, so you cannot tell when a nursing session ends, this might be a sign that they're not getting an adequate amount of milk. It might be a sign that you want to look for help. It's very common for babies to cluster feed, usually in the witching hour, and want to nurse for a very long period of time from, say, 4 or 5 in the evening until about 7 or 8 in the evening. That's normal newborn behavior. But let me tell a story about Irene. This is what Irene's early days looked like before we got the tongue tie taken care of. I would nurse her, and she would eat and not necessarily eat because she wasn't necessarily transferring well, but she would be at the breast all day. We would get up. I would get ready while I was holding her, and she was latched. Then I would put her in the car seat. She would scream the entire time she was in the car seat because she was still hungry because she hadn't transferred any milk in that time or not much milk, I should say. Then we would get to wherever we are going, and I would nurse her the entire time we were at the store or at the restaurant or at the library or whatever it is that we are doing. And then we would go back into the car. I would put her in the car seat. She would scream the entire time. There was literally not a time in her first few days of life that she was not trying to get milk and another thing is that a lot of times babies that do have a tongue tie will tire out at the breast really, really easily. And there's other reasons why babies do that. My older daughter was jaundiced, which can also cause babies to tire out at the breast. So they might be at the breast but not really transferring milk, kind of doing this non-nutritive suck kind of thing, sleeping. And it's normal for babies to sleep at the breast too. But when it's all day long, 
you probably want to seek help. The other signs were on my side, and in our case, Irene did an okay time transferring milk, um, but I was having horrible, horrible nipple trauma. Um, my nipple would come off and it would be completely white. Now, sometimes nipples turn white for other reasons. There's something called Renauds. That's a whole separate podcast that we could talk about. But in this case, it was because I couldn't get my nipple deep enough into her palate in order for her to not squish it. And that squishing caused constriction, which caused my nipple to come off completely white and tingling and in the shape of a lipstick tube. We heard the clicking while she was nursing and it was damaged. Within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, it was very, very damaged. The first time she latched, I turned to my husband and said, she has a tongue tie. Um, and fortunately, I had resources and was able to take care of it pretty quickly. But sometimes there's a lot of misinformation that happens in those early days. And a lot of times people who aren't necessarily trained professionals will tell people that there's not a tongue tie when there is. So definitely, if you're experiencing any of this, see an international board certified lactation consultant. I can't say that enough. Even if your issue is not tongue tie you want to see someone that can help you with this situation. Um, a lot of people will talk about pain like it's normal. And it's a delicate issue because sometimes when people hear, it's not normal to feel pain, they're like, yes, of course it is. I felt pain. So let's talk about what is normal with nursing and what is not normal for nipple pain. What might be common, not necessarily normal, but common, is a little bit of discomfort in those first few days in particular because your nipple is not used to this kind of stimulation. Um, for the first few minutes when you latch, that ideally will feel better after you let down. And typically, will start to feel better once your milk has come in day three or four or whatever. Um, that kind of somewhat discomfort during the first couple weeks is common and is not necessarily a problem. But if you are experiencing toe curling pain, if you are trying to delay a feeding because you don't want to put that baby on, if you have damaged your nipples, um, sometimes people don't have a lot of pain sensors in their nipples, but if your nipple comes off and it's bleeding and cracking or blistered or bruised or peeling, you definitely want to seek help because that is not normal. And if you're experiencing pain through the entire nursing session, if you're experiencing pain in between nursing sessions, you want to seek help ideally of an IBCLC. A lot of times um, nurses or pediatricians aren't always as well educated as an IBCLC would be about breastfeeding because obviously there's a lot of information that a pediatrician needs to know. There's a lot of things that they have to study, whereas an IBCLC gets to be an expert in lactation and learn everything that there is to know about it. So what do you do if there is a tongue tie? Let me back up. I want to talk about just a couple more symptoms of tongue tie. Um, if baby is spitting up a lot, if the spit up is coming out of their nose, if it's projectile spit up, again, that could mean a lot of things. Um, sometimes 
it's a, an indication of a really strong letdown. Sometimes there might be a little bit of reflux, but a lot of times babies with tongue tie are diagnosed with reflux when really what the issue is, is just they're swallowing a lot of air because of their inability to move their tongues. Uh, similarly, I want to talk about how the anterior versus posterior is diagnosed. So I just want to say, just because a tie looks really severe, that does not necessarily mean that it is extremely severe. Um, sometimes a tie can go all the way to the front of the mouth and look like, gosh, there's no way that baby is going to be able to nurse effectively. But if that flap of skin is quite stretchy or if the palate is quite low, they might still be able to get that tongue to where the soft palate is. Similarly, a baby might have a posterior tie where you can't see it at all. And unless you've got your fingers in there, feeling for it, you wouldn't know, but it's quite tight and the palate is quite high, so they still can't reach their tongue to the roof of their mouth, in which case there's something that you want to do about it. One thing that I have learned in recent weeks, I actually saw a tongue tie expert, Dr. Argawal, speak recently at a conference. He is incredible. Anyone in the Phoenix area, actually anyone in Arizona, I highly recommend seeing Dr. Argawal if you need to get a tongue tie released because he's incredible. Um, one of the things that I learned from him, though, is that if there is an anterior tie, meaning a tie at the front of the tongue, there is always a posterior tie. Laura, I thought about this when I read your comment. I don't really know. Obviously, I wasn't looking at your baby, and I'm just a mom. But when you said that it was clipped and that it didn't help, it made me wonder if the tie was completely released because with Irene, what happened was we had the anterior tie released with just scissors, which is a pretty common thing to do. A lot of people who do release tongue ties will just get in there with scissors, but he didn't get all the way back into the back of the tongue. And so the tongue function improved but didn't completely improve. And I'm glad that we did that because we were able to get her in at four days and that was able to hold us over and continue nursing until we got to see Dr. Argawal because there was a little bit of a wait list to see him. We saw him when she was about four, day, or four weeks old. Um, but then he went in and released all the way to the back with a laser. One of the things that's really important too is to make sure that you are doing follow-up and that you are doing the post-phrenectomy exercises because when the tongue tie is released, um, it wants to heal in the same position that it originally was. So make sure that you're getting in there and doing the post-phrenectomy exercises, um, things like running your finger along their gum line or playing tug-of-war where you get them to try and suck on your finger and kind of... Um, just touching the wound, it's really hard to do because uh, it's very emotional, but touching the wound to make sure that um, the tie is not attaching all the way back down to that same spot. So that could be something that happened in Laura's case. That could have been part of the reason why we had issues with Irene as well. Um, and I also want to say that a lot of times this sounds really, really scary I think it's more traumatizing for parents to have the tongue tie release than it really is for the baby. Our baby cried more at getting her heel pricked for the jaundice than she did 
the jaundice blood test than when she did um, get her tongue tie released either time because we did have to do it twice. And typically after that, you can nurse right away. Most ENTs, pediatric dentists, and pediatricians that do do this will let you nurse immediately afterwards. And sometimes you'll feel immediate relief. Sometimes it will take a little bit of time. But I personally felt some relief, and then it took a little bit of time before it was completely better. And we had to deal with a little bit of pain management for Irene. Um... The doctor that did the second release did put a little bit of um, numbing agent on there, which I think helped a lot. But suddenly she wasn't nursing constantly, and my nipple pain went away. And lots of things that I didn't know had anything to do with tongue tie at the time, like all this crazy spit-up that she was having, suddenly disappeared too. So I'm a big fan of that. You can also get a little bit of body work done. I think that it helps to see a craniosacral therapist or a chiropractor and do a lot of infant massage to kind of help them release because their jaws get really sore from the way that they've had to move their tongue. Even if you did it right away in utero, the way that their tongue has been kind of locked down, it can kind of hurt their jaws and make it just a little bit difficult for them to nurse. So that is a little bit about tongue tie and a little bit about our tongue tie experience. I would definitely encourage anyone to get your child evaluated for tongue tie if you're experiencing any of these symptoms and ideally with an international board certified lactation consultant. Um, if you're having, if your child is having weight gain issues, see an IBCLC. If you're having nipple pain, See an IBCLC. If you're in the United States, insurance is, in theory, supposed to cover it. A lot of times they won't, but will refund you. So you can call your insurance and ask about that as well. Um, but I hope that that answered any questions about tongue tie, and I hope that this podcast was informative. I know that it's a really, really common thing. Some people have said that they think that it is becoming more common. And part of the reason why it seems like every single baby is diagnosed with tongue tie is because a lot more babies are nursing. A couple generations ago, a lot of parents didn't even attempt to feed their baby at the breast. Um, so I think a lot of tongue ties probably never got diagnosed. But another reason why is because Back when more children were nursing, they would release tongue ties right at birth. I've heard stories of midwives um, releasing tongue ties when they cut the umbilical cord. And that's something that might have been a little bit reduced here in the United States when birth went into hospital. So that is a little bit about tongue tie. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a More Than Milk Facebook page. It is a closed group. I do do a little bit of vetting to make sure that the people that are asking to join are in fact nursing parents or at least are supportive of nursing. But if you request to join, I will try and add you. Um, and we're having all kinds of chats over there. I'm actually really enjoying that a lot. So that is um, on Facebook, if you look at More Than Milk, we should come up.
I think. Um, we are on Stitcher and iTunes. I hope by the time this episode comes out that we will also be on TuneIn and Google Play. And thank you so much for all of the episodes. If you want to, you can go over to iTunes and write a review. And of course, I want to remind you one more time that you guys can check out the Patreon. If you leave a comment on the Patreon page, I will try to read it on the air. You don't have to be a patron, meaning you don't have to financially support us in order to leave a comment. But if you do consider supporting us, it would mean a whole lot to me and my family. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.